Since the beginning of the church, persecution has been part of the Christian experience. In fact, the Bible tells us that all who seek to live a godly life will be persecuted. Today, an estimated 360 million Christians are living under severe religious restriction. On this podcast, we share their stories. And we answer the question, how can American Christians live as Christ in an increasingly hostile culture? The way of the persecuted is the harder way. And this is the Harder Way podcast. Well, hello, everybody. I'm still Scott. And I'm still Maddie. And welcome to the Harder Way podcast. I'm introducing the topic this week because this is the message you don't want to hear. This is the message that will, might make you stop listening to us, and this is the message that might make you really not like us at all, but this is the message that needs to be spoken today. You know, last night I was watching uh, El Donaldo Trumpo on CNN a little bit in his town hall, and it just reminded me of how insane the political season can be, and it mm. seems to have gone from nine months to now it's like year-round for four years, yeah. and... And not only that, it was reminding me about how ugly Christians' behavior can be mm-hmm. in this time period. Yeah, I mean, on, on both sides. And that's that's something we want to be clear about is when we're going to be talking about this, we're not coming at it from one particular political viewpoint. Nope. And we're not attacking one particular political side because the things that we're going to be saying about what politics is, how politics works, you know, what happens when Christians get involved with politics— that is something that is going to be uh, equally applicable to the people on the farthest side of the left or the farthest side of the right or anywhere in between. Yeah, I think one of the big lies uh, that we're dealing with in our culture right now is that there is you're either far left or you're far right and or nothing else. And that people want to categorize you and put you in one of those groups. The truth of the matter is being left or right uh, as far as, and I'm talking about classical definitions of conservative versus liberal, not the Marxist on the extreme left or the fascist on the extreme right, but just the, the your run-of-the-mill conservative versus liberal, you know, those are really more functions about how an individual processes information. And what I've heard is, come to understand is that you can test somebody, test how they deal with information and predict with almost 100% accuracy whether they'll be liberal or conservative. So you mean it's not just that you're dumb and don't know anything and are ignorant and hateful if you're on one side or the other? <laughs> ignorant ignorant people tend to call people with different points of view ignorant or dumb or hateful mm. because they don't have the knowledge or uh, ability to actually you know, explain their position. And that's and that's sad, but that's that's across the board. I remember learning Czech when I was in the in the army, and people would they would describe some kind of feature of the language. Uh, we don't. Uh, what was a good feature? We don't have any double consonants in our written language. They actually have two words with double consonants. We don't have any double yeah. consonants. Well, that's dumb. Well, why is that dumb? Just, just because it's different. It just is what it is, <laughs> right? Or we capitalize all nouns. Well, that's dumb. Well, why is it dumb? It's just yeah, what you it just do. Is what it is. Exactly. So, um, uh, with the conservative and the and the liberal, really, conservative thinkers tend to think like up and down with information. So you say something, and they start thinking cause and effect. Okay, well, if this happens, then this happens, and this happens, and this happens. Liberal thinkers tend to think wide. Well, if this happens, then what about this? Then what about this? Then what about this? They picture like a, a pond, a, a stone drops in the pond, it ripples out. 
Okay, and whereas, and that's the liberal conservative. Mm. Stone drops in the pond; it floats Sinks down to the, the bottom. bottom. And that's the conservative. We need each other. We're two parts of one whole. We, re- if you could get liberal thinkers and conservative thinkers to sit down with common goals in mind, phew, you could solve a lot of problems. But instead, we're in these warring camps, throwing rocks at each other, and uh, destroying each other. Yeah, and I think that that happens because of the political system that many of us have tried to be part of or yeah we know the persecuted christians have told us something we're going to tell you now and this is what you're not going to like we'll explain some of these terms in a minute but i want you to hear this they have told us whatever you do do not become political Mm. why do you think that is manny well i can think of several reasons the first would be that when we are trying to solve things through politics, we're not trusting in God. We're mm-hmm. trusting in, in man's ways, and we're trying to get things done man's way, not God's way. Yeah, so it diminishes your spiritual growth, mm-hmm. diminishes your testimony. Yeah. right. It diminishes your faith. Yeah. I would say, secondly, uh, so I said there's three main things. Secondly, would be the fact that when we get involved with politics, it creates uh, an environment where we are typically being uh, hateful and adversarial towards, you know, our fellow children of God, right? Mm-hmm. Where we are beginning to categorize people, we're beginning to feel an us-against-them mentality. And I would say third, because when we get involved with politics, governments and world systems associate us with politics instead of associating us with Christ. And so depending upon which political party is in charge, you're going to be getting, uh, you're going to be being restricted and possibly persecuted, but not because of your faith in Christ, but because they assume that you're part of the opposing political ideology. You know, that happened, and I think there's a fourth reason I'm going to say in a minute, but that happened to uh, the founders of our ministry uh, years ago. They were, um, had been stopped at the border bringing Bibles in, uh, and I think it was into, it might have been Cuba, I'm pretty sure it was Cuba, and this is the time when Pat Robertson had run for president. And they said to the, to the you know, the people there on the border, we're not political, we are just Christians, and we just want to bless bless the, the people of this nation. We want to bring the word of God. We just want to be friends. We want to be a blessing, and we want to do God's work. We're not involved in politics. And their response was, if Christians aren't political, then why, did Pat, why is Pat Robertson running for president? Mm. Because he was obviously a very well-known Christian, and he yeah. was involved in politics. So that's not to say that Christians can't run for office. I would never say that, but I would say that we need to recognize that that the world is watching and that's what they're seeing. Mm. But my fourth thing that I would add to your list of three great things, I would add this. I do add this, that, that politics is the art of compromise. Yes, exactly. We cannot compromise. Mm. Yeah. We've talked about that a lot on our podcast, not compromising. Right. right? And, and in, in politics, in order to really get anything done, you have to have in, ends justifies the means mentality and that is completely opposed to uh christian thought and christian ideology Mm -hmm. uh ends justifies the means is not something that we can allow ourselves to get into right and if you think about um what's happening in the political world i mean i've been around long enough to see a bunch of elections um you know i I remember all the way back to uh ronald reagan's first 
um, run for office. And uh, I even have some young memories of, you know, Nixon getting, <laughs> leaving office and all that. Oh, I'm not a crook and all that. But I, I, I think that uh, all along the line, and I, it's not my place to question somebody's Christianity as far as are they a Christian or not, but I can be a fruit inspector. And I've seen people, all uh, politicians of all stripes, conservative, independent, um, you know, liberal, and uh, and all those various uh, areas in between, they use religion, they use Christianity specifically as a foil. They use it as mm -hmm. a as a tool to try or a lever to try to move the vote. And so on the left, they really focus on the African American church, which tends to be on the left, and they focus on the mainline denominations. On the right, they focus on the evangelical churches and trying to manipulate them. My question is, how is that possible if we are Christians and we should only be moved by Jesus? We're all part of the same kingdom. We're all one people. We're all one race, the Christian race. Because as far as I'm concerned, there are two races. There's the regular human race, and there's the Christian race, and there are no other Absolutely. races. And we're all part of the same race. Supposedly, we have a, you know, it tells us that we are a new creation. We're a new nation. We have a new ethnos, a new genoi, uh, going back to First Peter chapter 2. So we have a new ethnicity. We have a new genealogy. And... Uh, but we're still fighting over the one that we we came into this world with, mm -hmm. and 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 the politicians use that to try to move us for their benefit, not for ours, and not to advance the kingdom of God. No matter what they say, that is not their goal. I mean, that's the truth. Unfortunately, many of us have come to idolize political figures who we feel are representative of our political opinions mm -hmm. or of the things that we stand for. Yeah. But the truth of it is 99% of politicians don't care about you. They're looking to get what it is that they want to get, what it is that they're wanting to achieve. And maybe it's a good thing that they're wanting to achieve, but they're not really looking out for you. Mm -mm. And so we should not be looking to them as heroes to save us no. the only person uh the only one that we should be looking to for our provision for our safety for any of those things uh is the lord that's profound <laughs> not really we've said it like a hundred times well, on this, this podcast. is news to me i've never heard this before <laughs> tell me more i have to trust in this jesus character yeah i mean that's that's really it right that i mean that is the harder way and so we look at you know, it's it's our American way to want to, we want to stand up for what's right. We want to fight. You know, we want to duke it out. And so I don't, I don't preach pacifism, you know, uh, I, I, but, but I do think that we need to recognize that we're not called to be political. Again, I'm not yeah. saying you can't run for office, but if you run for office, run as a Christian, not using that as I'm a Christian running for office, but be a Christian. Yeah. Like, like, imagine, this is kind of crazy thought. What if, what if, let's say I was running for office and I didn't go out and say, oh, I'm a Christian. I just didn't lie. And if I gave my word, I kept it. And I really, and I voted and I legislated based on the good of humanity and the, and the good of my people as opposed to all my politics. I mean, think about our southern border right now as it's being just rammed with full of people the humanity that's being impacted. It doesn't matter where your politics are. These there's people are suffering horribly and they've endured tremendous hardships to get here because somebody told them the doors open. 
well, the the all, there's cruelty and and inhumanity all throughout that whole process. What if we had people in our political world who actually cared about the human factor? I mean, really cared and really did things that made a difference for people and showed that I see the image of God in you. I see the value in you as a human being. Maybe I can't do A, but I can do B and C for you. And so we're going to do that to show compassion and love and kindness. And I'm going to reflect the love of Christ in that way. I mean, is that, am, I, am I talking crazy right now, do you think? Well, I just, I, I don't think that will probably, you probably wouldn't do very well if you did that, honestly. I don't think you'd get very far in politics by being honest. And <laughs> no, but and that's sad, right? That's the, I mean, that's the sad truth is... Anybody that's anybody in politics, you know, except for, you know, short of a miracle where it's really just God opening every door every step of the way, it's pretty impossible, almost virtually impossible to get to any upper echelon of politics without getting your hands really, really dirty. Well, you know, we've mentioned before that Jesus is the archetype of our faith. So, you know, we know we tend to think of Jesus as like he's the freak or the weirdo because he's so different. We're the freaks and weirdos. He's the archetype of what a human being is supposed to be. He's the archetype of what a follower of God is supposed to be, right? Mm-hmm. So we look to him and we say, what were his rhythms of life? Well, he prayed and he got alone with the Lord and he fellowshiped and he broke bread, right? We look at that. We say, well, what were his values? Well, he obviously valued the downtrodden and the lost. How did he interact with the religious authorities of the day who were who were preaching a message that although it was I honestly think well intended. I see I think the Pharisees had good intentions. A lot of the Pharisees get a bad rap. I think they had good intentions. I think they were trying really hard to do the right thing. And they were trying to really have get perfect and have it and be perfect with God and they missed the they missed the whole point. So I so I'm not judging the Pharisees, <laughs> but Jesus Jesus was not easy on them. He he was yeah, like you're supposed clearly. to know stuff and and he came at them hard, right? But what he didn't do two things that always stand out to me. One, he never demanded his rights. Mm. And two, he never got political. Yeah. Ever. Even when they tried to trap him. Can you think of, with the, with the uh, uh with the coin Oh, and like, are you, are you going to pay your taxes? Mm-hmm. And you know, should I pay my taxes? And he said, you know, render unto Caesar's what is Caesar's. Mm-hmm. You know, basically saying, like, I'm not involved in this political world. That's not what I'm about. But yeah, if I live someplace where I'm required to pay taxes, I'll pay taxes. Like this, I don't, you know, right. and that's kind of the attitude I feel like we should have. You know, as Christians is. Unless we're being um, called or persuaded or told to do something that is anti-Christian, being compelled to sin or to do anything that's against the Lord, you know, we kind of have to just go along with whatever our, our government is doing, trusting that God controls the times and seasons that we're born. And, you know, there's a difference between saying... You know, uh, the government told us we can't meet for church. We're going to meet anyway. And saying the government says I should pay this much in taxes, and I think that's I think that's too much. So I'm going to protest it and not pay it. Yeah, it gets it's really interesting. I think there's a couple of things that we need to keep in mind. One, we need to keep in mind the personal witness of the Holy Spirit. 
So you and I might do two different things, but both inspired by the same spirit and for the same purpose. Mm-hmm. So and that, so that's entirely possible because remember that while our faith is a community-based faith, we're one body, we're also individuals. And, right. the, and our God is so great and so expansive and so powerful and so big and so omniscient and omnipresent and all of that, that he can deal with each of us individually. And so he can tell you go left and tell me go right, or you go up and I go down, but what, but he's doing it both for our good and his glory. And his and his yeah. and for and for the kink advancement of the kingdom, right? Yeah, absolutely. For kingdom purpose. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think uh the other th- another thing that, that factors into this as we're thinking about the politics, we think about I'm thinking about the spectacle of the CNN debate last night. Politics does not bring out our best Jesus like selves. Well, if you want to see evidence of that, just go on social media. Because I have seen so many people who are supposed to be Christians who take every opportunity to make rude, snide jokes about the opposing political candidate or political party, who take every opportunity to talk poorly and slanderously about people who are on the opposite side of their political view, take every opportunity to call people dumb, call people you know, foolish and ignorant who disagree with them mm-hmm. and have completely isolated 50% of people because they're so busy trying to evangelize their political party, they don't care at all about evangelizing, you know, the actual gospel. Because the truth of it is, the vast majority of Christians are more known for their political stance and more known for their feelings on political issues than they are for their faith and what that looks that's like in their life. Manny. But that's uh, that's the truth. And it's heartbreaking. It's absolutely heartbreaking because I'm going to say something that's going to make people really upset. Um the con- the US Constitution is not the Bible. The US what? Constitution is not the Bible. Get out of here. The- <laughs> Leave. The Constitution is great. You know, I'm not saying I disagree with anything I- I in think, it. I think the Constitution is probably the greatest legal document and protector of human rights ever created by man second only to the magna carta yeah that i think I would, said, I would agree with that i would agree with that and that being said it saves no one that being said it's not the gospel that being said it's not the fullness of truth and there are way 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 too many christians out there who spend their entire life defending the constitution and spend pretty much none of their time, except for maybe an hour on Sunday morning, doing anything to further the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what upsets me when I see all of this political stuff. And when I see our brothers and sisters in Christ who are being so severely persecuted around the world, who have gone through these trials, who have so much blood-bought wisdom to give us, they're telling us, hey... Don't be political. And we really don't even care to listen to them at all. Mm-hmm. And we kind of just dismiss them because, well, they just don't understand because they're not Americans. Well, and you think about the Cuban church. They looked to Castro. Yes, to, this is a really to, great To end the perversion point. and the, you know, the bedlam that was going on in Cuba under Batista. The dictator. They looked to Castro, and Castro, you know, oh, I got you guys. It's cool. I'm for the people. He said all the right stuff. Yeah. Hitler said all the right stuff. 
Hitler yeah, in the all- beginning, he, he he was very persuasive, and people were very excited about the things that he was saying of how he was going to rebuild Germany after what they had gone through in World War One and, and, and their equality horrible, yeah. and, and all that. And and then in Mao Zedong, same thing. We'll make everybody equal. We'll get rid of the people who've hurt us and stuff. And boy. Divides people into ten groups. Five groups are good. Five groups are evil, and turns the good against the evil. Yeah. And I mean, we're seeing that in our own country right now. Here's the difference between all those situations. We have Germany had a church in a decline that was weak. China had a church that was full of rice Christians, and the second the rice and the education and the free medical care went away, they left the church. So a very small church remained. Cuba had a weak church. It was not a strong, healthy, robust church. Well, they had been infiltrated a lot by just the secularism. By and, secularism, and, and their exactly. culture at that time. Exactly. Because Cuba was kind of like the island playland of the world mm-hmm. before the revolution. And so when you bring in those Marxist teachings, or, or uh, uh, demonic teachings, really, you bring those in, then the, the choices are to respond two ways. Respond as a kingdom person in a kingdom way by appealing to the king of the kingdom, Mm-hmm. God, in case you're not clear on who that is, the Father, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, that's important. Right? Okay. Or you look for a king on earth. You look for a, a human to lead you. Because when people are desperate, like, right, look at the world right now. The meanings of words, the values of our culture, uh, gender, all of these things are in flux right now. Yeah. And so people are afraid. They're self-editing. They're they're um, really holding back from participating in culture, except for the people that are just like on the far end of insanity. Yeah. The people, the who, people ha- who are extremists never seem to have a hard they never time. Hold, they never hold They're back. just like, I'm going to be myself and say all my crazy stuff. <laughs> and never, yeah, and if you don't like it, too bad. Yeah, pretty much. But, but when all when everything's in flux, and now and then crime is on the rise, and all these things are happening – People and prices are going up like crazy, and and you're like, you stopped drilling for oil, and the gasoline prices went up. Maybe start drilling for oil again. No, it's not that. And they just and you're constantly getting gaslit by mm-hmm. the government, and you know you're, you're you feel st- like you can't trust anyone. <laughs> and so when there is a figure that appears to be saying what you think to be true, that appears to be representing your values, mm-hmm. you cling on to them for dear life. But here's the thing that I don't think people seem to understand. You don't know that person. Right. You don't know them personally. You don't know who they really are behind closed doors. You don't know what they really believe or don't believe. And even if you did, they're just a human person who is capable of being incorrect, who is capable of making mistakes, who is capable, you know, of being bribed into switching their political stance, you know. So when we are putting all of our hopes and desires, you know, and assuaging our fears by clinging on to a particular political figure or a particular political party, we are completely walking what we would call the easy way. Let let me me jump in there. Um, You're right. We're walking the easy way. But uh, on the the point that you're just making, uh, if you think about like Islam, and people say, well, Islam is a religion of peace. Boy, that sounds good, doesn't it? But the truth is that they define peace as when all the peoples are either have either become Muslim. Muslim or they've been killed or subjugated. That's their definition of peace. It's mm. that, and so when they say they want peace, that's what they're saying they want. Same with politicians or just people in general. When they say I want X, you think they mean what you mean. 
Mm, but you don't know what it is that they really mean. Exactly. What they're really talking about. Exactly. So we have to put our trust in Jesus and trust him to lead us, uh, not put our trust in men. We have to appeal to a biblical way. So how do I, how do I exist in this crazy world hmm. where everything has become political? Every, I mean, church is political. Every, schools are political. Hospitals are political. Everything's political. How do I, in this crazy political world, say I'm not going to play your game anymore? I'm going to play the Jesus game. How do I do that? Well, there are several different ways that are immediately coming to mind. But I think one thing that I, I want to share is that getting involved in politics is the easy way because it takes away any personal responsibility from you. What? So here's the thing. I'm going to I'm just going to use an example, you know, it's probably contentious, but I'm going to use the example of uh something like abortion. If the only thing that you're doing to stop abortions from happening is once every few years you vote for a candidate who's against abortion, who says they're against who abortion. says they're against abortion and right. may or may not actually be, you've done nothing. You haven't done anything. But if you are in your community volunteering at a crisis pregnancy center, giving money to a crisis pregnancy center, encouraging your church um, to have a crisis pregnancy center as you know one of their groups that they send missions funds to, if you're going out of your way to uh, to be there for people who are met with unexpected pregnancies, not saying, "Wow, guess you shouldn't have just got pre- shouldn't have gotten yourself pregnant." You right. know, you're dumb. But actually, you've been smoking yeah, the reefer. showing showing <laughs> God's God's love to them. Actually, living in your own life, the truth that life is valuable. That's a hard thing to do. It's easy to just check a box. And say that, oh, look at me, I'm so great. Or to post something on Facebook. Or to spend a couple hours on a Saturday morning walking down with a crowd of people holding a sign. Right. Right? I mean, uh, I'll tell you, there was a lady when I was going to electronics, uh, getting my degree in electronics many, many moons ago, there was an abortion clinic on the road on the way to the school. It was on El Camino Boulevard in, uh, in Sacramento. And... There every morning I would drive by and there would be a woman on her knees outside of the abortion clinic praying. Hmm. And um, obviously she's praying for it, you know, for the for the babies that are being killed. She's praying for people that are coming in. She did not interact with the person coming in. She did not protest. She did not hold a sign. She did something real. By getting on her knees and praying on the corner of the lot. She didn't bug anybody and they never even asked her to move because she was so inobtrusive. But she was on their ground, on the corner of their lot, on her praying. knees, on a main street, praying. She prayed. She was out there every single day for about a year and then they closed up shop. Wow. Now, I think that's one of the things that we have to realize. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, right? We're, we 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 don't seem to realize the power of that because we've our church the church has been so infiltrated by the world that we think like the world that's why go all the way back to the old testament god's telling israel don't don't marry these pagan women from these other countries 
Because he's like, I don't want you to become so infiltrated by their pagan ways that you're going to try to live like they do and solve problems like mm-hmm. they do. I want you in a relationship with me, your creator. We have a covenant relationship. And so um, he wants that for his church now. The New Testament church is in a new covenant, a covenant relationship with God. He wants to solve our problems that way. Imagine if we live like Christians are supposed to live, mm. if which is like Jesus, if we were united as a body, not even necessarily in the way we vote, but just in our purpose. Imagine black and white and brown and yellow coming together and saying we are one race. We are the Christian race. We've just got different shades about us of skin color. And we're not worried about all that drama that happened in the past because we are one people now. And we are one people to forever. Imagine that. And imagine that one people saying, we're going to pray. Not only are we going to, we're going to pray that all the people that are voting vote the way God wants them to vote, whatever that is. We're going to pray that all the people who are in political office do what God wants them to do. We're going to pray that God supernaturally super, uh, imposes his will upon the people of this nation and that the people accept his will and move in his will. If the, the church could do that, and what if I think that we would become so attractive to the unsaved world, especially in this postmodern culture that we live in, they'd be like, wow, that Jesus stuff really works. There must be something to this. This yeah. whole Christian thing must be real because these crystals and my Reiki healing and all that, I'm none of that's working anything. for me, right? I just, I think it's important that we realize that when it comes to Political things, because I know a lot of people will say, well, pol- politics is how I stand up for, you know, the little guy. Politics is how I love the least of these because I want there to be justice for them. Here's what I'm going to tell you. If you live in a nation where Christians are living as Christians, spreading the gospel, the gospel is flourishing, people are being evangelized, we're seeing revival, you could have every single aspect of debauchery be legal and people satan's constitution yeah and and people would not be doing it people would be like okay well it's just because it's legal doesn't mean i'm gonna do it because the people would be a christian people and vice versa you could have a government that bans every type of sin and bans everything non-Christian and, you know, puts in all these things to take care of the little guy and all this justice and what have you. But if the society is not Christian and the church is not doing what they're supposed to be doing and the Christians aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing, people will just break the rules. Because if you're a sinner, what does a law mean to you? Nothing. Nothing. Because you have... If you're a human. Just yeah, a human if you're just general. a human general. You, it, it doesn't matter. Because even legally, even Christian legalism, right? If you get a, you have a law, we saw that with the Pharisees. You have a law, you're Go going to find, find a, a way, way to, to get, get around, around it. it. Exactly. So if you want to see real and lasting change, if you want to see a nation where the widows and the orphans are taken care of, if you want to see a nation where people are treated with dignity and respect, if you want to see a nation where human life is valued, the only way for that to happen is for Christians to act like Christians, to choose the harder way, which is not to just check a box, not to just share a post on Facebook, but to actually live out their biblical Christian principles to actually seek 
to love people in real time, in real life, mm. the way that Christ has commanded us to love them, mm-hmm. to live out the truths of the Bible and the truths of the gospel in our own life. When that starts to happen, that's when you see a society changing. Mm. But until that happens, you're not going to see that change. And so we can't allow ourselves to get so fixated into this political sphere because when I look at the political sphere, all I see are sinful human beings, some of them saved, some of them not, don't know who who is and who isn't, I can't speak to that, but sinful human beings trying to accomplish what they think should happen using man's ways, using compromise, using an ends justifies the means mentality. And then I see millions of Christians using those political ideals as an excuse to be unkind, as an excuse to stir up quarrels, as an excuse to dehumanize people on the other side. And I think that that is using it as an excuse to divide. And I think that that's exactly what Jesus would not want us to be doing. So let me let me wrap it up with this. There are pastors right now, a couple of really prominent pastors that I can think of right now. And they use they they might have the right perspective on an issue. But they use instead of using the Bible as a sort of truth, they use it as a club of condemnation. Yes, and a bullying. They bully. They're downright mean. Mm-hmm. Their character does not reflect that of Christ. Yeah. Right? And, and they're defending something that's true most of the time. It might exactly. It might be true. Not always, but a lot but most of the time it's true. But their tactics are not Christ like. Mm-hmm. And they can, you know, they might be able to, to to bludgeon you with scripture or with, you know, well, if you're not doing this, then you're just not a Christian. No. If you're not if you're not looking more like Jesus every day, then you might want to consider you might not be a Christian. Mm. And that day, there are many who will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not do X, Y, and Z in your name? And I will say to you, away from me, I never knew you. Just because people are doing stuff mm-hmm. doesn't mean that they belong to Jesus. Because Jesus, uh, when we belong to Jesus, we become more like him. And we do things his way. Mm-hmm. And we remember that we are not of this world. It's not just a cute t-shirt. Yeah, it's not or, a bumper sticker. It's not a bumper sticker. That's a fact. And we have to start living like it. So that we can really be the light in mm-hmm. this world, not just be someone that yells, "There should be light." There's not enough light. We need to be the light. light, and I think that's what it comes down to. Would you say? Uh, absolutely. It's not just about talking the talk; it's about walking the walk. And I think that when we look at doing things politically, it's talking the talk. But when we look at the harder way, that's walking the walk. So, give me a Bible. Give me a relationship with Jesus, and the rest will get it worked out. Amen to that. All right. Well, God bless you guys. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to The Harder Way Podcast. If you were encouraged by this episode, please consider sharing it with a friend or leaving us a review. To be the first to know when we publish new episodes, subscribe to The Harder Way Podcast on your favorite platform. Until next time, remember the words of Christ. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven.